Jesus the Lover and the Fighter Podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed it is. Episode number nine of the Lover and the Fighter Podcast with Brother Love, J to the C, that would be me. And of course, the king of all media. As soon as those memoirs get released, yep. Dean Thomas, you That's know it. him, of course. That is it. The pioneer of the game, original OG of the UFC. That's what you should you should work with that, the I, OG of that, the UFC. That's what they call me, man. Everywhere no, I go, they, they be like, they, I swear, they, not the OG of the UFC, but everywhere I go, they be like, oh, that's the OG. But I call you the OG right there of yeah. the UFC. It's got a nice yeah, rhyming got, scheme got to it. To it it does. Do Apparently, we're paying now per second of the theme song. Because you notice it vanished yeah, just a, like that. Dung. Yeah, we don't get paid, and we can only afford 13 seconds total. <laughs> and so right there, we use seven, and we're yeah. going to save six for episode 10 coming Good, up next I week. Like All right, there he is. You know him, of course, from Dana White looking for a fight. The pre-shows, the post-shows, the weigh-in shows, and, of course, in-fight analyst alongside John Anik, Joe Rogan, and usually Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. I'm not going with that bougie Cormier. French pronunciation. Cormier. You know, yeah. When he came on our daily radio show, you weren't here. You were maybe, I don't know, Abu Dhabi or something. Mm-hmm. And he just sounded like he was phoning it in, literally phoning it in, literally phoning it in from a car. I'm sure of it. And, you know, on, <laughs> on air, Cormier is so precise, and he enunciates his words, and he uses intonation and puts emphasis on the syllables that matter most. And was on with us. He was just like, yeah, guys, I don't know. It's a fight card tomorrow night. I pay for you, bite or don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did not well, I mean, like, Well, that's how he is at the... Um on our on our meetings Un- until the cameras come on yeah, when the cameras and come then he's showtime yeah. cormier or when there's no cameras it's a bunch of people around it's, and it's showtime and it's showtime like yeah. you putting yeah. on a show for everybody but i mean he's he's out he's way more than me i don't know if that's possible because you like to show out um for the people when there's a when there's a crowd that's gathered or even when it's just an audience of two as long as there's more than one person or it's a female you you yeah. put on showtime so i mean so i get it <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah, I get it. Except for when you do the radio show with me each and every day for ESPN South in. Florida, you uh, you're Cormier all the time. Yeah, the the non caring, yeah, yeah, non trying like, version. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, another UFC fight night tomorrow night. Uh, of course, we're taping on Friday in advance of UFC fight night. Uh, San Hagen Dillashaw saw some of the weigh-ins earlier this morning. Saw some of the nonverbals and body language of that main event. But before we get to that. Anything from last weekend that you wanted to touch on from the fight? Now, you probably didn't even watch, did you, Saturday night? No, I did watch. I know it was opposite the NBA Finals game number five, Suns and Bucks, the first road game that was won in that series, and I'm sure you weren't watching that either. No, I but- definitely wasn't watching that. <laughs> None of that. No, I definitely was not that. watching that. I'm just trying to remember what happened in the fights last week. I mean, they sum up, sometimes they all just kind of blur together. They, they seem to sometimes. Uh, last weekend, of course, was what they call the next Khabib, Islam Makachev, oh, yes, and yes, Tego yes, Moises, yes, and we yes, were talking yes, about how powerful um, yes. Makachev has to be to do what he did to Tiago Moises, who is no yeah, slouch he's no in slouch. any capacity. Very, one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen. He was just a little young. Yep. He's starting to mature, and I think the fact that he was able to fight Makachev the way he did shows his maturity, but he still was outclassed. All right. We continue on from that same card last weekend as we look back. Misha Tate, Cupcake, made her return against Mariam Renault, who also, at that finale at the, at the Bell, um, uh, left her gloves yes, inside the cage, yes, yes. which is the universal signal of I am retiring. It was not a secret. Um, I believe um, Paul Felder, in fact, you know, tipped to, and obviously in the post-fight interview, uh, they got deep right into that. Um, for, for Misha Tate, that was kind of impressive. Um, now we talk about ring rust and whatnot, but she was, even against an opponent your age at 44 years young, she was impressive. Yeah, I mean, she did everything she needed to do. I mean, she and wanted to do. Yeah, had a high pace. You know, stayed out of trouble. Managed the 
the distance, mm-hmm. you know, just managed everything. Great cage generalship and went out and got the finish. And so that's something that no one's ever done before. No one's ever finished Marion Renault before. So, right. Yeah. And what a way to go out. Yeah. Probably not in any way how she had hoped or planned. I mean, obviously you want to leave on a high or at least not it being the first time that somebody ever subbed you or right. finished you. Right. That's a that's probably the, the poorest way to leave. It is career. the poorest way to leave, but for her, I think it was good. You know, I think she yeah. appreciated sharing the octagon with Misha Tate. And you talk about finish, comeback. that card last weekend, you know, the second fight of the night and the third fight of the night were unanimous decisions. Other than that, every other outcome was a KO, TKO, or submission. Every other fight, other than the second and third of the card, um, did not go the distance. For those underbetters, you had a great yeah. night. So it must have been difficult for the powers that be to choose a submission of the night p- performance bonus. For sure. Because, yeah. You know, when all these guys have these, you know, finishes and fantastic performances, you know, right. it's, it's tough to choose. And if it's a pay-per-view card, which it was not, there's probably added pressure to do multiple winners. Yes. But since it is one of these cards, um, probably not as much pressure. And they'll go, yep, he gets it. Yep, she gets it because I said so and that's it. That's and they're not works. the 75K variety either. Right, it's Back right. to the basic 50K. Yeah. And yeah. Then, I mean, and the card this weekend will probably be like 15K. <laughs> Taking it down another <laughs> yeah. notch? Taking it down another notch. Another notch. A Billy Q out of Buffalo, New York. He was impressive. Yes, Billy Q. He trains out of Tampa right uh-huh. now. But he's, yeah, I used, I trained with him back when he was just getting started. And man, did he look good. He looked phenomenal. He looked sharp. Yeah, he did. He did. So it was, uh, for some that had questions about some fighters, like exactly where they're at or where they're at now, um, some of those I think were answered last weekend. But now we do look ahead to UFC Vegas fight night, which I believe is 23, as we know, uh, the remainder of these non-pay-per-view fights will happen inside the Apex in Las Vegas, as you mentioned, for the remainder of the year. And so tomorrow night is Saturday night, Sandhagen, Dillashaw. Corey Sandhagen kind of been on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dillashaw, we haven't seen in a couple years. Obviously, the suspension with the PED use. Um, this is a tough spot for TJ Dillashaw to try and return against a fighter who seems to have everything going for him right now. Yes, it's a very tough spot for him, considering that he didn't actually have to take this fight. Right. He's taking this fight because he wanted to, because they were just like, hey, do you want to take this fight? And they used to train together. So what's that tell you? Ooh. They used to train together, and he's taking this fight, <laughs> risking his title shot yeah. to fight a guy who you know who could potentially upset him, but he's like, nah, I got this. Don't what, worry. what it says is it's that old playground whisper that the girls used to do in third grade. Mm-hmm. I know something you don't know. Yeah, and everybody's talking <laughs> about this. And, and and now we're like, wait a minute, Corey, we know what you know. Yeah. And that is you want this opponent. <laughs> yes. You don't need this opponent. You know this opponent. Like you said, we trained together this opponent. Obviously, that psychological advantage has to be with Corey Sanhagen. Perhaps, but you know, T.J. Dillashaw is so arrogant yes. that I believe that because he left that team, he went to another team that he now thinks that he's a different fighter. Mm-hmm. He might be a different fighter, and I think he might be a worse fighter being off the PEDs. Really? Yes. Well, off the PEDs, yes, because the E means enhancement. Right. And the P is for performance. performance. So if you're off performance enhancing, you're not enhancing your performance. Right. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm good with words. So, <laughs> Yeah, but, but his excuse the whole time was, they didn't even work. That was, <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> excuse. I know. That was, that was the way he justified it. He was like, it made me feel worse. It didn't even work. So now he's off them, apparently, hopefully. And he's <laughs> going to be fighting a guy who, uh, in rumor, to, used to ragdoll him in the room. Um, at the gym. Yes. In training. Even um, though that's different, but I get right. So when you talk about T.J. Dillashaw's arrogance, um, everybody in the world likes Dean Thomas. Everyone respects Dean Thomas. Everyone likes Dean Thomas. 
because um, you're just that likable guy. If you don't like someone, generally speaking, it's more likely it's on them than it is on you. Because you're not, like my dad, God rest his soul. There was like three people I know of he didn't like. But of the men that I knew that he didn't like, there was good reason. Because they were mm. racist and they were just terrible people. Right. In your instance, uh, his arrogance bothers you a little bit. It does bother me a little bit because like as fighters, I always believe that like we're in this together. Right. You know, we're, you know, we're trying to grow this sport together. We're in this together. And he seems so selfish and self-centered. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just can't get behind it. I've heard too many bad things about him that I just can't get behind him. You're big on the psychology of life, let alone sport, let alone a fight. As you coach your fighters and train them and prepare them, you know that mentally that's the most important. That's the foundation of the house. Yeah. If we don't pour that concrete right, none of this is going to stand regardless. Is some of what T.J. Dillashaw projects as arrogance or what it is that you find that bothers you, is that a defense mechanism? Is there a little bit of will hunting? Is there a little Matt Damon goodwill hunting, like bleep the world, bleep you guys, only to get too close, do you think? Or is he legitimately maybe just not that guy? He literally is this guy. No, I think there is a little bit of that, you know, bleep the world. I mean, it's a lot of pressure to get out there and fight. But make no mistake or about live. it. Yeah, or, or just yeah, live. Or Pe- live. People mistake my arrogance as a defense mechanism. I don't want y'all to like me. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know? That might that might be the case. But make no mistake about it. TJ Dillashaw can fight. I don't want to yes. confuse that. The boy can fight. Yes. But he's just arrogant, and that's what rubs me the wrong way. So looking at the nonverbals, I was looking at our friend the Schmoes Instagram mm-hmm. earlier today, and I saw, you know, the face-off, if you will, from the weigh-ins. And the nonverbals were very, very telling. If, if you study the science, you look for key indicators and stance and positioning and distance of feet, as well as hands positioning of, you know, there's certain indicators that even when you pose mm-hmm. are telling us a lot. And what I saw was that Sanhagen wants to do this. Does he? He, wa- he wants to do this. Yeah. And, wants to do this. <laughs> and, and what I saw was TJ Dillashaw, I think, wants the world to think that he wants to do this. Yeah, but he doesn't necessarily want to. And it, to me, like that's what it—that's what it looked like to me too. You saw I the mean, video, not, this the, not the video, but oh. just like leading up to it. Is okay. that TJ was kind of pushed into this spot? Like he needs to come back. He has to do it. It's better that he does it with somebody that he is familiar with, even mm-hmm. though he might have just—he sure. might have got the better of him. But yeah. at least he's familiar with him. But now he feels like he can—he can handle the task. And, and he got five rounds to figure yeah, that out, right? As opposed to three, right? Familiarity breeds contempt, but it also sometimes can breed. A stalemate. They know each other well. Maybe you think, well, because of that, they know tendencies and likelihood and what they want to do and don't want to have done, and therefore you can offset that. But over five rounds, you know, you drag into deeper waters, and sometimes you get a chance to do what you want to do. Yeah, I know. And I don't, I don't think the five rounds is going to really affect them from a conditioning standpoint. No, no. I think it's a matter of who can read who the best in that five rounds. Sure. But here's the thing, though. They fight very similarly. All right. Very, they move a lot. They switch a lot of stances. They throw from different angles. But... Sanhagen is longer. Yes. He's going to have the opportunity to do it from further away, which is going, which in my opinion is going to give TJ Dillashaw some problems. And as you look at that footage this morning from the, uh, for the way in, not the ceremony, but the actual way in, and they do face off, the length is apparent yeah. and the height differential apparent. is apparent. Yeah. And the ability for one to dictate distance and control that seems to have a decided advantage. Um, with Sandhagen, that's why he's a minus one ninety favorite. Oh, is he? He's a minus, he's a sizable favorite in, yeah. under these circumstances. Yeah. Without a suspension, without a PED suspension, you know this is probably T.J. Dillashaw favored minus one twenty five. Yeah, I would think so. Right, right. I would think so one hundred percent. But yeah, I think I think that length is going to give him problems. Like T.J. Dillashaw looked great against guys who don't move well. Yeah. When he fought Henan Burrell, like he he looked like a, a superstar. But now he's going up against a guy who understands movement, distance, and angles. I no. think it's going to be a problem. All right, before I get a pick from you on that, let's hop around right quick. Let's jump at least to the uh, women's flyweight division. Uh, the fifth 
fight from the top of the card. Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber, you know both of these fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, you've prepared your fighter, uh, Jillian Savage-Robertson, for I think for both of these yeah, fighters did, in the past. Sure. So this is a matchup where really you should have been brought in to, to scout for both camps. Well, actually, I know, right? <laughs> well, I went in. I went into uh, Miranda's camp uh, All right. for a little bit. Like Jillian was out there for Jillian Robertson yep. was out there for a week, right. and I went in for a day or two just to you know oversee and just right. watch things. But yeah, it should be it should be a very competitive fight. Uh, in this spot, Maverick is a minus 150 favorite over Macy Barber. So competitive, that's what the odds makers believe as well. Yeah, I think it should be a very competitive fight. But to be honest with you, I, I, think, that's a, I think that line is a little off. I think that um, I would actually think that Macy, Barber. Macy Barber's probably a little more talented, naturally talented. Wow. But it just depends. Like sometimes she doesn't perform well. Yeah. And, and Miranda's going to perform. All right, and let's get back to the main event of the evening then. Dean Thomas, let's get your pick for Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw in the Bantamweight division. Again, Sanhagen minus 190 favorite. The card tomorrow night available on ESPN, ESPN Plus. And I know we're taping this, so people are like, what do you mean tomorrow night? Well, just play along with us, yeah, please. Yeah, just, we could say Saturday, but yeah, who are we fooling? Yeah, we're doing right. this last minute because we don't care and we don't get paid. Yeah, true indeed. Dean Thomas, Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw, I think you like chalk on this. I do. Yeah, you're going I think, the I favorite. Said, I, I, yeah, you got to take that because, yeah. like, I know how guys perform when they're off PEDs. Right. He's not taking performance, you know, unenhancement right. or, or, you know, declining drugs. Right. But he said those didn't. That's a terrible excuse. Yeah. The PEDs. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't work. work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, I mean, that's not. Okay. Like, they're going to be like, you know what? Throw it out. Yeah. Throw out the suspension. They didn't work. We take your word for it. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Uh, San Hagen is your call on yeah, that. Take it, All right. Um, we'll do this again in advance. Well, actually, we got another fight night in advance of UFC 265 Houston. You'll be there. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'll be out there, too, as it looks like right now. Are you going to 265? What a, what a fight card that is in Houston. Yeah, it is. I'm not missing that. Yeah. Unless I'm not allowed. Amanda Nunez, she hit me up the other day. Just What'd she say? Yeah. Seafood. Yeah. Just making sure I was good. Well, I hit her up first, then she hit me back. Hey, just making sure I was good. That was very nice. Yeah. All right, we'll get into that for the next episode. For Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening. We will catch you next time for another episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast um, with, of course, the aforementioned Brother Love and Dean Thomas. We still don't get paid, so subscribe or don't. Right. Doesn't matter to us. But subscribe, though. Yeah, or don't. Doesn't matter to us. <laughs>